Coming up on this week's Planet Japan, the Empress is bummed out, and we investigate the Japanese love of factories. Stay tuned for episode 97. English? No English? John Ken. Direct from Okayama City in the heartland of Japan, it's yet another episode of Planet Japan with Amy and Doug. Join them as they guide you through the wacky and the whimsical, the weird and the wonderful, from everyone's favorite planet, from sea to shining sea. It's time for another exciting adventure. And now, here's Amy and Doug. So, want to hear a joke? Sure, what the heck? After dying in a car crash, three friends go to heaven for orientation. Oh, the mandatory orientation session. That's right. Yeah. They're all asked the same question.、Mm-hmm. When you're lying in your casket and friends and family are mourning, what would you like to hear them say about you?、Hmm. The first guy immediately responds Well, you know, that's a very interesting question. I guess I would like them just to say that I was, you know, the best doctor ever and that I helped a lot of people and I was just a good person. Okay. How, how's that? Great. Okay. And the second guy says? Well, you know, I guess I would just have to say that I just want people to remember me as kind of a fun loving guy. You know, I had a good job and I, I raised my family well and, and people liked me. And the last guy thinks for a moment and then replies? I guess I'd just like to have them say, hey, look, he's moving. He's moving, <laughs> you see. He's not dead. Yeah, okay. I know.、Yeah. A little lame. A little、uh-huh. lame. But, you know, you can't, you can't hit a home run every time you go to bat. Uh huh. It's just not possible.、Mm-hmm. So you're <laughs> saying we struck out there? Perhaps. Okay. Yeah. Fine. But, Fine. I, you know, maybe, maybe even if it made one person smile, then it's worth the effort, I think. Oh, you're so right. I guess so. <laughs> well, welcome back, everyone. It's episode 97 of Planet Japan, and I'm Doug DeLong. And I'm Amy Moo Chavez. And we're just going to have a great show tonight, quite possibly the best show ever. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, And we're coming up on our 100th、yeah. show. The, the century mark. Wow. Indeed. We're going to be octogenarians. We have to figure out something fun and exciting to do for the 100th show. Yeah, so if anyone has any ideas, please、uh, email them to us. I have an idea.、Mm-hmm. I think、uh, to celebrate the 100th show of Planet Japan, that people should just send us all their money. Hey! There you go. Everyone can send us a hundred bucks. Like for a present. A buck a show. A, a buck a show. That's yeah, very reasonable. For our time, since this is a volunteer game. Exactly. Uh huh. That would be very, and then we could, we could,、uh, we could say thank you. Okay. <laughs> Donations.、Uh, we do take them on the site. So、yeah. head on over there. And, That's right. Yeah. No, we are, I'm kidding about the whole $100 thing, but we're serious when we talk about donations. Well, they could give a buck for every episode they listen to. There you go. Yeah, that's yeah, fair. I think so. I mean, it'd, it'd be unfair to hit someone up for a hundred bucks on the phone and listen to one or two oh, shows. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but donations are always welcome at Planet Japan. Moolah is always welcome. All you got to do is go to the website at planetjapan.org. And there's a button there. Click、very、to nice, donate.、Yeah. It's a very nice button. Well, you know, we got a very interesting email、uh, a while back from our, one of our favorite listeners, Diane in、uh, Washington. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She、uh, sent us a link to a very、um, interesting commentary by Ron Reagan,、mm. the son of the former president. Ah, I was going to say, whew,、yeah. wow. No, not the <laughs> former president himself. Oh. No. So that would be 
He's really no, interesting. No longer with us. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe someone <laughs> was talking to him in the dead or something. But you know, there's this very odd story that has surfaced lately about uh, the king of pop, the king of pedophilia as well. Ah, that one. Mm-hmm. Michael Jackson. Right. So anyway, yeah, he's uh, apparently planning to make a comeback in Las Vegas, which I guess, you know, if you're going to make a comeback, that's where people go to do it. Uh-huh. Yeah. But so he has this interesting uh, concept for uh, kind of a promotional idea. Okay. He, Let's hear it. He, he wants to build a 50-foot replica of himself, a robot, that's going to roam the Las Vegas desert. 50 feet? Yeah. A 50-foot Michael Jackson oh, roaming, roaming the desert, creating uh, havoc and uh, chaos wherever he goes. And scaring children. Sure. Yeah. They, they, they say that you'll actually be able to see it from, a, from an airplane as you fly over Las Vegas. Mm. <laughs> Great. Now, as bizarre as that sounds... I can actually see that working as a as a promotional idea for like his new show or something. Mm-hmm. But Ron Reagan has an even better idea. Oh, good. Yeah, he thinks that uh, if you're going to do that, go ahead and make a whole army of these Michael Jackson robots, fifty <laughs> foot robots. Send them on over to Iraq because well, no- that would scare the hell there out of uh, yeah the Iraqis. Nothing else seems to be working over there these days. Well, that's a good why, point. Why not just send over a bunch of fifty foot Michael Jackson robots? Right. <laughs> it's a concept. And I congratulate Mr. Reagan for coming up with it. We'll put a link yeah. in the show notes so people can listen for themselves. And thanks to Diane for sending it along. Yeah. yeah. This is wonderful. Indeed. So look out for those Michael Jackson robots. They're coming to get you. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of robots, I hear the Empress is better. <laughs> well, the official word from the palace is that the Empress... Is feeling better. Oh, thank God. Yeah. I've heard she was somewhat under the weather. She was. Uh, she got some time off for stress. Stress. Well, it's a hard life, you know, waving to people and so on. Well, that's true. And she was apparently upset uh, because there were some comments in magazines and books and oh, stuff that were say. not exactly flattering. Flattering. To the imperial family. And, and she took offense. Yeah. I mean, you're only allowed to say flattering things about the royal Yeah, family. you shouldn't say bad things about them. They're no. very nice people. So someone did, you know, someone slipped, uh-huh. and as a result, the empress was, you know, out of commission. She oh canceled some of her official duties because she was under so much stress by this. It was just too much for her delicate constitution that somebody said something not so nice. Psychological fatigue. Oh, my God. That sounds yeah. terrible. Yeah, yeah. So... <laughs> It's great to know that uh, she's over this. Uh-huh. Uh, she suffered from some of the symptoms yes. were mouth ulcers. Mouth ulcers. Canker uh-huh. sores. Sounds what, sounds like what those are. <laughs> Everybody gets canker sores. Bleeding nose. <laughs> really? Yeah. A bloody nose. Perhaps oh. somebody punched her in the face. Hey, that's not nice. Maybe uh, her husband has beaten her. <laughs> You're not allowed to say those things. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of, you're going to put her back in the hospital. Oh, yeah. I don't want to do that. Suggesting those yeah. things. It looks like Japan is going to make a 180-degree turn again ah. in what it thinks about English language learning. Yeah, it's kind of a love-hate relationship with the old English language. I'll say. Of course, uh, when I came to Japan, it was... Uh, the end of the bubble economy, mm-hmm. but everyone was into internationalization. Oh, yeah. And it was a great time to be a gaijin in Japan. 
And certainly those were the good old days. Ah, the golden era. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you just had these just tons of work for way too much money. Mm -hmm. And everyone wanted to learn English. And it was a very healthy atmosphere for us uh, gaijin teaching English. And then along came the new Abe administration. And if you remember, we had um, Ibuki-san in the Ministry of Education who was, you know, starting to say that, hey, we don't really need English anymore. Yeah. We don't even need to be learning it in elementary school. Mm -hmm. And at that time, I wrote a column about this. It was quite controversial. Now we have one of the Abe advisors, and his name is Kurokawa. He is saying that we need English. Indeed. All right? And he's saying that 20 to 30% of the courses in Japanese universities should be taught in English. Ah. At least in the, you know, the bigger leading universities. Yeah. He says we should be trying to attract more foreign students, Mm -hmm. which is a good idea since the falling population here is not good for the universities. And he says whether you like it or not, English is becoming the global language. And I don't like it. It's like, wow, um, yeah, Yeah. uh uh-huh. What a concept. Exactly. This is something new. Yeah. Is becoming should really probably be has become. Exactly. I mean, they're pretty late, aren't they? Yeah. But, you know, it's it's good to see and hear. And he also recommends, Kurokawa, that uh, Japanese kids should go abroad as much as they can for homestays when they're young. Mm -hmm. And also, once they're older as college students, to try to go abroad to gain an international perspective. Exactly. Now, you have to understand that Kurokawa himself was educated abroad in the U.S., Mm -hmm. so he sees the advantages to this. He's saying that English should be taught at universities much more, but this other guy is saying that it shouldn't be taught in elementary schools. Ibuki. Yeah. Oh, Ibuki's just, he's into the whole nationalism thing, thinking that, you know, really it's a waste of time to be studying English because Japanese people don't really need it. But if they're going to stress it at the university level, they should probably do more of it at the lower levels as well. Well, yeah. I mean, Japan has been behind in language learning for a long time, and it doesn't look like that's really going to change. I think they should just have a meeting and uh, decide whether they want English or not in this country. Well, it's confusing, isn't it? Let's take a vote. You know, it's almost as confusing as uh, Shinzo Abe saying that uh, there's no evidence of those, you know, Sex slaves, oh, yeah. you know, being mm-hmm. made to go in and the comfort women yeah. to go and do that. He has apologized. And now he's saying, oh, we apologize yeah. and we should take responsibility <laughs> That's for That's right. So it's a bit of a wishy-washy government, isn't it? Well, he it? got a lot of political pressure on him to, well, sure he did. to do a turnaround on that. Exactly. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's a confusing time in Japan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know I'm certainly confused. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Most of <laughs> the time. You look confused. Thank you very much. And then, at the same time, we have the foreign minister here in Japan. His name is Taro Aso. Aso. What? Aso. Aso. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he is recommending other uh, politicians, especially the running French candidate, Ségolène Royal. Ah, yes. That they read more manga. Oh, sure. Everybody should be reading more manga. Well, yeah. He reads 10 manga magazines a week. Despite his busy schedule as Japan's top diplomat. What could be more important than reading manga? Well, you know, sure. Ten magazines. That's Mm -hmm. quite a lot. Yeah, but manga really gives you all the insight you need to actually living a full life, I think. Well, that's what Aso feels. Yeah. Because Segaline Royale has criticized manga before. Japanese manga. What? Yes. She doesn't seem to see it as an 
high art form. She has no real appreciation for Japanese manga, is what Instead, you're saying. Instead, she says it's sexist <gasps> and violent what? and pornographic. Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm and shocked. some of it is, certainly. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I can't <laughs> say she's wrong. However, Aso says that, well, she really ought to read a little bit more manga to see the other stuff as well. Obviously, she's only been exposed to, you know, a certain violent pornographic. What she really needs to do, I think, is get her hands on that manga that many critics have compared, you know, in a favorable light to Shakespeare himself. Have they? Oh, sure. I missed that one. Yeah, well, Mm -hmm. yeah. (laughs) But, yeah, I think it's more, manga doesn't really appeal to everyone. Indeed. And I think we should admit that. It is quite popular. Everywhere you go, people are reading manga, though. It's Not amazing. everywhere. In Japan, yeah. In Japan, I, I mean, mean, it's definitely yeah. a Japanese phenomena. Yeah. And there are a lot of people who, you know, have taken to it in other countries. But um, overall, I think it has something to do with just the uh, style of artwork and mm-hmm. stuff like that. It's just, I mean, it's it's more interesting for us to read for, like, Japanese culture and stuff than it is engaging as far as content and things that relate to our daily lives. You know, we didn't really define for people who may not be aware exactly what manga is, did we? Well, they're Japanese comic books. Except uh, when you think of comic books in, in the U.S., you think of these little thin little Superman books. Superman yeah. and Spider-Man. Manga are like, uh, like three feet thick. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. And they tackle very serious subjects. Yeah. Um, there are ones targeted at office ladies and businessmen and, you know. So they definitely serve a, a purpose and a role. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's quite different than American comics. Oh, definitely. Yeah, but it's it's a it's it's a comic book in the sense that it's a kind of a graphic novel or graphic story. Yeah, more pictures than words. Yeah, yeah, black and white. Yeah. Okay, not color comics like we have. That's true. Yeah. Well, when you got a thousand pages, you can't afford to have all of them in color, I suppose. So anyway, yeah. So he's recommending that the French uh, candidate should read more manga. And, and she will truly become educated then. And she'll probably win the elections. So if there are people out there who would like to help in this effort, go ahead and uh, feel free to mail manga. This is our mail manga campaign to the uh, French candidate, uh, Ms. Royale. Mm. Yeah. Mm. It's our new campaign. Mm-hmm. I wonder <laughs> what the Empress would think about this. I don't know. Let's not talk to her about it, though, because she has a delicate constitution. That's right. We don't want upset to upset her. her. Yeah, that's not good. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is it time for a cowtail? I think we might as well. What the heck? Go for it. Well, the big news is that in Mexico, a 14-year-old matador was gored almost to death. Wow. Well, that's uh, kind of one of the hazards of the occupation. certainly is. The question it raises is uh, how old men should be before boys, men, whatever. Boys to men. Should be before they start uh, messing with bulls. (laughs) Messing with bulls, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And in Spain, apparently, the age limit is 16. Ah. God, there's so many age limits. Drinking, smoking, Mm, bullfighting. And so he went to Mexico uh, to bullfight because he could bullfight there at 14. Because he had a passion for the sport, apparently. For killing cows. For killing cows. You know, now, <laughs> I'd put someone like that in the slammer, I think. Sure. I mean, he's a danger. Yeah. Yeah. Goodness. Anyway, his thirst for blood has <laughs> taken him to Mexico City, uh-huh. where, of course, the bull, you know, he doesn't care how old anyone is. No. If they're going to come at him with a knife, then he's going to go after them. He doesn't even check their ID. No. That's right. As he shouldn't, you know. I mean, the bull should have some rights here. Sure. And this is what I don't get. I mean, does the bull have to be a certain age before he's allowed in the ring? Of course not. So he gored 
the 14 year old Ooh, lucky boy though he's alive i guess yeah yeah well yeah so in this case do they declare the bull the winner and he he struts around the ring or how does that work you know i bet they put him down you think they probably ate him and yeah they had a barbecue the nerve of this bull attacking the bullfighter yeah yeah Mm. it is kind of an odd sport it really is yeah. yeah i mean i don't know See how see how pissed off you can make the bull and then escape with your life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Kind of strange. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's that's too bad, but at the same time, he should probably thank his lucky stars that uh, he lived to tell the tale. Yeah. As it mm-hmm. were. And then in 2005, another bullfighter at the age of eight. 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 He started bullfighting, okay, near Mexico City. Mm-hmm. And he started with younger smaller bulls and calves. Now, that's really that's really not fair. Well, if you're eight years old, you're not going to start with a full-grown bull. Calves, You need a little, a, little, a little baby bull. Oh. <laughs> We've got babies killing babies. It's all right. Or perhaps one of those stuffed bulls, you know, that you get at the store. Now, that would be harmless. Yeah. That's what they should be. And somebody yeah. can hold the stuffed bull and rush at the eight-year-old, and he can, mm-hmm. you know, do it that way. Why don't they use, like, uh, pit bulls? <laughs> there you go. A pit bull versus an eight-year-old. <laughs> yeah, they're a bull. Uh-huh. Yeah. A pit That's bull. fair. That's true. I never thought of it that way. Sure. A pit bull. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Well, there you go. Anyway, that's <laughs> that's our cow tail. That's our somewhat... A sad but true cow tail. Somewhat odd cow tail. Yeah. I hear there's something in, in that box over there that's, uh, that's very mysterious, and I'm just wondering what's in it. It's mooing. Oh, really? Yeah, this is something that I got today on my way over here to the Planet Japan studio. Uh-huh. I didn't mean to buy it, but it was one of those things, and I saw it, and I just thought, oh, got to have that. Oh, it jumped right out at you. You haven't seen it yet? No. I'm going to open it, and the big question is, <laughs> can you tell what it is? Oh, this will be fun. <laughs> Boy, she really packed this up. Oh, oh, there it is. It looks like... Hey. Oh, sure. Of course. <laughs> it's a cow chair. Uh-huh. A miniature cow chair. Uh-huh. And it's probably also useful as a, an ashtray, perhaps. Ah, uh, no. No. Mm-mm. It's got an udder sitting on the chair. I think a cow has gone and left its udder behind. Indeed. <laughs> and it's a yellow udder. That's a what I really udder. like about this. Yeah. It's a miniature chair with an udder in it. Uh-huh. And I'm sure there's an amazing story behind it. None. <laughs> <laughs> I no. saw it and I thought, oh, this is really cute. I mean, the yellow udder has six teats. Indeed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was a pretty well-endowed cow. I guess so. Yeah. So as I was leaving, I asked the, the lady, I was like, by the way, what's this used for, this <laughs> cow chair? Because it's miniature, right? It's only the size of your palm. Yeah. And she's like, oh. And she brings me over and she shows me another chair. And she uh, showed me that they had displayed their necklaces on it by like draping them over. Ah. And I thought, oh. Okay, I'll take one. <laughs> so you bought a necklace? No, I just oh, uh, cow chair. I just wanted to make sure that I had a purpose for my cow chair. Ah, because I thought, well, actually, you don't really need a purpose though. You just thought it was cute. Well, I did, but I wanted to make sure that it had a purpose before I bought it. <laughs> so I thought I can use it in the moo shop this oh, year sure. at the moo bar there to display our jewelry on. Oh, it'll be perfect. It will. Oh yeah, isn't it cute? Uh huh. See, we have a new and improved moo shop this year on the beach. Mm. The Moo Bar is much the same as it was last year. Mm-hmm. But the Moo Shop, it used to be just a tent, but now it has its own structure. Ah. Yeah. I have pictures on the blog. Cool. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so uh, it'll be really nice to have a little cow chair in there for the miniature cows who come in. Looking forward to it. Oh, and I'll put a picture of my cow chair on my blog at dailymoo.blogspot.com. That's daily moo with four O's. (laughs) Don't forget the four O's. Yeah, and why is it four O's, Doug? Uh, because uh, 16 O's would take too long to type. No. <laughs> it's four O's because a cow has four teats. But this one has six. Exactly. So what is it? Four well, or six? Well, it had a, a, a opi implant. An opi implant. A teat implant. Ah, a boob job. Yeah. There you go. So, I mean, I know you're a big fan of dams. You even have a cat named Dammit. You I ha- used to have a dog named Dammit. You even used to have a dog named Dammit, so you must love dams. Hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, that's good because there's a new book out in Japan called Damu. 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 Like Dammit. Like Damu. Da- yeah, like dam. Mm-hmm. Dam. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a very uh, uh, exciting uh, pictorial book of some of the most exciting dams in Japan. This is a, a book that celebrates the, the apparent beauty of the Soviet-style dams that dot the countryside. Those big mammoth concrete structures. Yeah. Uh-huh. Nothing that gets me more excited than a big block of concrete. Yeah. Indeed. Japan's the place for you. <laughs> this book is packed with photos that make turning each page identical to the sense of awe felt while driving through the mountains and turning a corner to find a gigantic dam right before your eyes. Wow. Oh, we all know the thrill of finding a giant dam right in front of your eyes. The book gushes over the magnificence of seeing gates opened occasionally and watching water cascading out from behind the concrete wall that usually holds it in. Mm. What do you think? I just can't imagine. Sounds pretty exciting, huh? Sort of. <laughs> <laughs> There's a whole, this is a book. It's a book uh-huh. about dams. Mm. Now, if that's not enough for you, there's another, not, another book not. called Kojo Moe. Which means thrilled by factories. Oh, it's right. It's a, a book of factories. Well, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. This book finds visual appeal in such scars on the landscape as oil refineries, and it's mm. uh, become very popular, apparently. <laughs> They're people in are, fashion. People are grabbing this book up. So you just kind of admire the smoke wafting out of these mm-hmm. smokestacks. Now, uh, one of the more interesting aspects is... Uh, Apparently, the night view of the factories is particularly exciting for many people. Mm. And some people have taken to uh, asking out women on factory dates. Ooh, that seems a bit manufactured, doesn't it? Yeah, indeed. Hey, Hmm. baby, you want to go look at the night view of the factories? Yeah. It's interesting that you should bring this up, though, because this is something that has long stymied me. Because across from Shiraishi Island and across from the Moo Bar, in the distance, is a factory. Yeah. It's a steel factory. Mm-hmm. Once it gets dark, the Japanese are like, oh, it's so beautiful. And even during the day, they don't, you know, comment on it at all. Where foreigners, you know, would notice it right away and say, oh, that's so ugly over there. The Japanese don't really feel that way. They have this fascination for steel. Proving yeah. once and for all that beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Yeah. I guess that's why they're so good with robots and stuff. They really have a respect mm-hmm. for uh, this stuff. Yeah. Steel, concrete, you name it. So there you go. If you're looking for uh, for the hot new bestseller, check out Damu and Kojo Moe. Mm. That's this week's uh, Book of the Week selection. They're smoking. Yeah. I think that's probably all we have time for this week. It's time to move along. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Don't forget to check out the Planet Japan website at planetjapan.org. 
You can send messages to us at planetjapan07 at gmail.com. But uh, before we leave, we want to remind everybody that we are in the middle of our audience survey. We're trying to find out more about our listeners, and it would be very, very helpful to us if you could go on over to the website or over to the uh, blog at planetjapanpodcast.blogspot.com and just take a a few minutes to uh, answer a few easy questions. That would be so cool. And we're going to close the show tonight with some really great music from Japanese musician Fumitaka Anzai. His song is called Sanctus. We'll see everyone next week. Take care. Sayonara.